This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, and you're mixing it up a little there, pal. Well, you know, every so often you got to try a little variety in the relationship. And this is a show, so it's a relationship, even though you and I aren't married to each other. Sometimes you got to throw in a little, you know, twists and turns. I, I thought maybe you were trying to demonstrate what it looks like to be out of control. Yeah. That is our topic for today. Because we are so way out of control right now. <laughs> I, mean, come on. I think a lot of people think that we stay out of control, but that's just our motive of our end Hey, but even in an element of out of control, there's still control. If somebody says like, but that person's out of control, but in their life, they're probably in control. I hadn't really thought about it. It's all in comparison. And everything we make judgments on is usually in comparison, isn't it? That's definitely true. We definitely have a lens through which we look at everything. And the notion of being out of control can be a really fun notion for some people. Maybe they do think party, lamp on your, was it lampshade on your head? You know, just the the class clown type of person being out of control. But other people, Corey, that notion of being out of control sounds really scary absolutely and so i thought we should do part two from last week where we talked about fear's role in your sex life yep and uh so what if we were to challenge our listeners to examine certain fears of being out of control and what they represent (sighs) Uh what that's all about so maybe we're trying to get them to go out of control themselves <laughs> okay, I immediately think of shower curtains. That's what it is. That, that's what that's what the drop was. Yeah, that's what it's that drop like was. A, I just watched that movie for the first time like a year ago, so it's really it's still fresh in my well, mind. Welcome to the club. And if you are uh, new to Sexy Marriage Radio, I got to say welcome to the club, and and thank you for joining us. Well, we'd like to say welcome to either the French Kiss Club oh, or the Foreplay yep. Club or the Sixty Nine Club. Yep. Is what we'd really like to say. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard already, we have launched a Bed Buddy campaign to help us uh, support the numerous finances related to producing a show such as this and to take it to the next level and to take it out to a lot of conventions and conferences and just letting pastors and counselors and other people like that know about it. So uh, you can learn more at sexymarriageradio.com by clicking the, the purple, purple button. button. Button, button, button. I know where you're going because you, my friend, are out of control sometimes. But you can also, because maybe you are a listener of Sexy Marriage Radio that uh, just kind of every week tunes us in. And I'm so grateful that people do that, that that they are regulars on Wednesday mornings. They grab the show right when it shows up in their feed and they listen. And then they go on about their day. So maybe for you, being out of control might mean you actually send us an email to tell us what you think at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So mm-hmm. if that means you're out of control, I want you to be out of control and send and let us know any kind of questions, thoughts, comments you may have. You can also jump on iTunes, like I just mentioned, and, and share the word by five-star reviews if you like it and give us a comment if you like it because that helps us just climb the charts in the sexuality category because that, my friend, the sexuality category is out of control. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. People tell us some of the other stuff they find in that category. And it's, it's, oh, like no. Pam, Pam and I were just looking through it last night. Um, yeah. Cause I was checking a couple of things. She's sitting beside me. Um, it was a Sunday night. And, and I'm, you know, this is our foreplay, I guess. Look at, look at the stats <laughs> of, of sexy marriage radio. <laughs> <The techno-gy> <laughs> but it's just one of those, I was just looking through. She's like, hold on. I want to see what other shows there are on what's, what's the artwork they use. You know, and we're just kind of for marketing. We're just kind of game planning and talking. And, and she was like, really? That's a show. Really? That's a, sh-? you know, and it was just like, yeah, these are the things that are typically here. And I was kind of, cause I've tracked it enough to know kind of where things are, but it's just so funny yeah. that it's such a relative thing. If you yeah. think about out of controlness. Well, and before we dive into our topic, here's something I would love to hear feedback on from our listeners. Okay. I think that the amount of money that you have invested in this show personally over the past four years is out of control. <laughs> I think you told me over $10,000. Yeah, it's right around that, yes. That is now no longer in your kids' college funds, basically. Uh, I would love to hear feedback from listeners to see if they think that we are on the right track to keep the show free, as you and I both really want to do. Right. And if the Buddy campaign is really the best strategy for funding the show without bankrupting Corey Allen or Shannon Etheridge. Yeah, that's a good point of getting feedback because this is listener-driven radio is kind of the way we think about it. And where we want to go, where I want to go with this, and you're on board, I know just because we've talked about this, is I want to get to where this is actually even more real-time with with people so that we could have call-ins and we could actually listen to our listeners yeah. And help them in real and, time. And counsel them or coach with them. With stuff that's going on live. on the air. So that, because you know, if one person's facing something, other people are as well. Right. But to take it to that kind of level yeah, is different going to ball be game. costly. Yeah. And so it will be really interesting to see how much our listeners want that. Because yep. we're not just listener driven. We're also now listener supported. Yep. So I just want to challenge our listeners. If you are blessed by this show then please jump on the bandwagon and become part of either the French Kiss Club at $10 a month, the Four Play Club at $40 a month, or the 69 Club. And we all know how much that costs. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Okay, so, you know, just even that level of, of giving or helping the 69 Club and the reference that we're talking about, that could seem out of control to somebody. Of mm-hmm. uh, you know your your partner says you know what I came across this whole new move in bed of it's called the sixty nine I think we should do that and your partner's like no that's so out of control I can't do that no way why would you even want to do that out of their comfort zone there you go and that kind of boil it all down yeah but you know what I think about comfort zones in the marriage bed okay I just think that I'm trying to think of a good word picture. You know how when you blow air into a balloon and it expands to a great degree? And then it's a lot more fun. I mean, let's be real. A blown up balloon is a lot more fun than a flaccid balloon. Okay. And so I think that just being willing to expand our comfort zone will make it a lot more fun because there is an element of when there's tension, when there's naughtiness, when there's surprise it's it's just a lot more fun than if it's just the same old same old i totally know what to expect oh absolutely 
Yeah. Our most uh, spectacular experiences have an element of anxiety and novelty associated with it. That's what emblazons it on our our memory bank. Yeah, right? that's what that's what makes it such profound moments of meeting with each other because it's kind of this whole you're exposing yourself to something new as well as your partner to something new and and growing. Yeah. It's interesting. Because when you said the element of it's like a balloon, the comfort in the in the marriage bed, the immediate thing I thought of, and this is not in no way a plug, but is the select comfort comfort sleep number bed with the two different sides. You know, mm -hmm. you, you can adjust it to your own. And oh yeah, the thing that is is interesting is um, Pam and I use that against each other at times. Like when she's in the bathroom getting ready, I'll reach over and put hers all the way to zero. <laughs> so that way and if you if you get the cur if you get the comforter on tight enough it makes it look that level so when she gets in she falls all the way to the bottom <laughs> and but it's she like loves it's like what are that. you doing down there hey she she returns in kind although that does sound a little nicer than falling into the toilet because he left the seat up so at least falling into a bed <laughs> is more comfortable than falling into a cold toilet fair enough Fair enough. But it, it is one of those that if you just, it, I don't know, let's frame this whole discussion because what we're talking about is something we alluded to last week on a fear of losing control that I may not lean into or confront some of the fears I have because I may feel out of control. So if you frame, I think for me to frame this entire discussion that we're going to have and already having, and I love how we just started the show totally out of control it started right up. in with it rather than doing a whole promo segue, whatever. It's, let's just jump right in, which is what we did. That if, if I'm going to frame being out of control, what the only way I think of it is comfort zone. That we all live life in a routine and in schedule to some degree. Even the person that looks so chaotic to you, there is still routine in that chaos that helps them feel comfort. Yeah. The whole thing of comfort. I don't know. I, I think that, I think that sometimes people assume that something is comfortable and they gravitate toward that to be comfortable. But the reality is it isn't, it isn't ultimately what brings you comfort. The example that comes to my mind is it's not always comfortable for me to get my butt up out of my chair and get in the car and drive down the road to the yoga studio and stretch and do all kinds of contortionist positions. It, it's not comfortable, right? but I feel so much better. I sleep so much better. The pinched nerve in my spine that's been giving me problems for months doesn't give me problems when I'm consistent doing that. So it's like, sometimes we have to recognize that getting out of your comfort zone it's what you really need. Absolutely. It, it may not be what you want, but it's what you need. There's a payoff to it down the road. Mm -hmm. A payoff that is much greater than the investment. Like if I will invest that 45 minutes a few times a week, yep. then all the other, you know, 23 hours and 15 minutes of every 24 hour period just goes much easier, you know? And so I think that we need to ask ourselves, what do we gain? by being willing to get out of that comfort zone and lose control a little bit, uh, what do we gain for the benefit of the marriage? Okay. And for the benefit of our own sense of feeling alive, I think that we never feel more alive than when we feel out of control. I think of roller coasters. <laughs> yep. 
you know, or like a skydiving experience or scuba diving or whatever. Like when you feel out of control, it's exhilarating. You never feel more alive than when you almost die. That's a good way of putting it. That is a really good way of putting it. Or you so, feel like you almost die. I mean, I guess that's probably a better way. Maybe you don't need to put yourself in deadly situations to feel alive. Yeah. But, you know, who of us doesn't remember our first trip to Six Flags or, you know, some sort of theme park where yeah. there was a lot of what felt like near-death experiences, but we were harnessed in and and we were far more in control than we thought. And I think that sex is a lot like that roller coaster. Yeah. You know, there, there does need to be some right. twists and turns yeah, who, and who, who doesn't remember their very first kiss ever? A first meaningful kiss. You know, yeah, that, that was, that was that. invited. <laughs> Let's go that route. Because yeah. I, I still even remember some of the ant kisses, quote unquote, that are like, come give me a kiss. Like, I really don't want to. <laughs> give you know? me Aunt Bunny a yeah, kiss. Yeah, I really don't want <laughs> to. But I still remember it. <laughs> but it is one of those that who, all of those meaningful experiences, we remember them because there was an element of anxiety, i.e. out of controlness, possibly, mm -hmm. associated with it. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought up the whole childhood experiences of even the ants or, you know, uncles or who, because let's be honest, the reason that some women and maybe some men too, don't like to feel out of control is because in, you know, in a sexual way, right. Um, is because they felt out of control in a sexual way as a child long before it was the ordained season or the ordained person right. that should have made them feel out of control in a good way. Right. And we acknowledge that feeling out of control in a bad way when it comes to sex, when you're young, can that can do a number on you. It sure can. It sure can. But go ahead. I see. I see where yeah, you, uh, no, no, you, you go. You said, but you, first. you go, you go. I'll, I'll, <laughs> ladies first. <laughs> My philosophy is they may have robbed you of a sense of safety, of dignity, of respect, of comfort. They may have robbed you of all those things back then, but why would you continue to let them rob you day after day after day as an adult? Like, right. you, And I'm not saying that women use it as an excuse. I know that women who haven't worked through their sexual abuse issues, it is, it's a very legitimate wall that they hit. It is a very legitimate wall, mm -hmm. but you can't just stare at that wall and assume that that's as healthy and whole as you're ever going to be. You, you have to move beyond that. Right. Or else, why did you get married? Right. If the only reason that you got married was to have kids and to play house and to have someone protect and provide for you, but you had no interest in being an interested and motivated sex partner, then that was a really cruel thing that you did to your husband. Right. And I don't mean to sound harsh. But the reality is, is he most likely walked into marriage, yeah, wanting the kids, yeah, wanting the house, yeah, wanting to protect and provide for you, but he thought he was going to get an interested and motivated sex partner. Yep. And so the reality is, is if it's sexual abuse in a woman's past that is holding her back, or a man, yep. because again, I, I know that that is a very real thing. Yep. You have to confront those ghosts from your past. You have to go through a season, and I think that if, this is where counseling is so needed yeah that you don't just gravitate past this on your own you really need the help of a counselor to help you dig 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 deep into the psyche of what this actually did to you and this is where my butt was going okay yeah, where, <laughs> how big is your butt Corey? there you go that's a whole nother show um <laughs> that yes there's merit to let's unpack 
what's happened. Let's let's deal with the ghosts of the past. Let's deal with the trauma of the past. But then there's also just as equally merit to if the whole world of sex is what brought me such trauma, the whole world of sex can also be what brings me such healing. That I can do it in real time to deal with what's happened. And it's kind of a simultaneous thing. That because what I think of is lots of times when we get wounded by something that we want as part of our life, that's mm-hmm. where it's different. You know, this is different than, you know, I was wounded by an alcoholic parent, so I therefore will just not have alcohol as part of my life because that's easy because it's not something I need daily. Sex is something that's a part of my life a little but more. You're not born you're with a natural desire for alcohol. You are born with a natural desire for sex. And there's right. not a, a switch that you can flip to turn that off. So okay. I hate it when people associate sex with something like alcohol or drugs because there's well, just it's an apples it. to oranges comparison. I get but it. I hear what you're saying. I was I, I was going with uh, I was going with Richard Blankenship's idea of you have to reframe your relationship with something that you're going to yes. have as part of your life going forward. So you can use it. And what comes to my mind is just a couple I'm working with that she has a past. And so it's playing out in her marriage in a bad way. And she's she's grasping the idea that I could actually lean into some of the things he wants because he's not taking advantage of me. He's wanting to love me. And that's a chance for me to deal with my past now. Yes. And that is so correct. Reframing it and looking at it through a completely different lens of what my abuser was doing to me was lustful. Right. But what my spouse is wanting to do with me, not to me, with me, is loving. Right. It's not lustful. Right. At all. You belong to each other. You can't lust after something that you already own. Right. You belong to each other, and this belongs in your marriage bed. And I totally agree. We are wounded in relationship. Therefore, we're healed in relationship. Yes. And if you have to interject the word sexual, if you were wounded in a sexual relationship, you can be healed in a sexual relationship. You can regain your yep. power and sense of control that you lost. Right. Because let's, uh, I need to bring this back to the whole idea of out of control because we got to define the word control. Okay. I mean, because that's that's part of it, isn't it? That because don't all of us want a a level of control in our life? <laughs> you know, it's like we, I want a semblance of I, I have some control of my fate. I have some control of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, how do you define the word control? You tell me. <laughs> You're supposed <laughs> to answer the question, girl. Um, I asked it. You answer it. Um, no, it it is just it to me. It I steer it back to its comfort. It's, it's relieving anxiety. It's, it's okay. dealing, it's what brings me relief and comfort. That's the way I t- determine control is okay. if I feel out of control on a roller coaster and I don't want to be out of control, I won't get on a roller coaster because it's more mm-hmm. relief and comfort. This is where I use the phrase of if whatever you're fighting about in marriage is not a moral issue, what you're fighting about is what brings you relief and comfort, that I'm more comfortable saving money than spending what we have. Because it brings me relief and comfort. I know I know my future is safe, even though it's really not if I think about it. And I just blew some people's minds by that. But <laughs> because there's so many uncertainties. But control is really about just how do I find some sort of control, you know, comfort in my life, which is then usually steered outward. And I tried to control my environment so that I feel okay, rather than learning to feel okay, regardless of my environment. But that's what I have often seen is that people who feel out of control in their personal life, in their internal world, 
will try to the extreme to control their external. Absolutely. Control. That's the, so the OCD person, yeah. uh, the one who has to have all the ducks in a row. Everything has to be just so, or they try to control other people's lives. And you know what else fits into that one? What? Perfectionism. Yes. <laughs> that, that's actually part of it. It's the same thing. Yes. I have actually even noticed this recently in my own life. Uh, the fall is always out of control for me. It's just one speaking event after another, one conference, workshop, uh, you know, just one thing after another, after another, after another. And what I will find is that it's during those busy, busy seasons that I will crave like cleaning out a closet or repainting the deck, which we did those two things this past weekend. Okay. It, it, just, it, it, it creates a need in me that I feel so out of control in my ministry world, in my professional world, that I just want to try to have some control in my personal world. Right. You know, and so, yeah, that, that feeling of control, it's like if it's oozing out in one part, you're trying to control it's, it's, but it's like sticking your fingers in holes in a dam. You know, you're yeah. just, it's yeah. going to spring out somewhere somehow. So what does it represent to you to lose control sexually? I think that that's a really important question for people to answer because you think about orgasm, Corey, what more out of control state is there than orgasm? Because okay. you have to let your brain yep. compartmentalize pain long enough to produce pleasure. Yep. As we've talked about on, on fantasy fallacy shows, you have to let your body lead you yep. to that place where you don't know what you're going to feel once you get there. Um, you, you just don't know what your physical yeah. and mental and emotional response is going to be. Like a lot of women will tell me that they will burst into tears after a really intense mm -hmm. orgasm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's probably because you needed a really good orgasm and those <laughs> tears are not saying that you did something wrong. Those right. tears are saying that it, it's relief. Yep. It's, but yeah. I, I want to clarify though, for, for the male side of things, there is a difference between ejaculation and orgasm. Okay, explain. I mean, do you do you agree or just at face value before I unpack it more? Do you see what I'm saying? I think that if if my guess is correct, I mean, I'm not a male, so I'm I'm only taking stabs in the dark here. Is ejaculation strictly a physical thing? Yeah. Whereas orgasm yeah. is much deeper. Because that's this whole idea. If I just stroke enough, I'll 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 reach an ejaculation level most likely. Right because it's all physical sensations. But if I'm going to move into the level of an orgasm, which, okay, fellas, this is the way I parse it out. that The times when you have fantastic orgasmic experience of you are exhausted, not just because you work so hard, but because you were so involved. Yes. So much. That's the orgasm side of it. That's a brain level, body level thing, not just body. And because for you women, can't I would have, say. Yeah, go ahead. Well, for women, I would say it's when you feel that uh, this is not just a trigger you're trying to trip, that you feel a deep sense of spiritual and emotional connection to your husband that leads you to respond sexually. That, right. that would be my equivalent to right. what you just Yeah, because I think what we're talking about, I mean, for me, the whole message, and I'll just speak for me, and I know I'm pretty sure you're in the same page, but... You know, we're not married to each other, so we have different relationships that we, you know, symbolize with this show. Mm -hmm. But it is one of those that we are in tune enough <laughs> with with this message that what we espouse as what we're trying to get couples towards and see in married life and in the marriage bed is beyond just functional sex. 
it's right. it's spectacular levels of of profoundness with each mm-hmm. other it's yeah anybody can put the long peg into the round hole <laughs> exactly. that's i mean exactly seriously dogs can do that yep. every you know? every species on the planet does it to it, some degree exactly yeah yeah but this is taking human sexuality to the level that it deserves right and that means opening yourself up completely to one another right. and being willing to lose control right. in an effort to to speak something yeah. to your spouse. Yeah, because I want couples to experience more than just functional orgasmic threshold level sex, but mm-hmm. to actually experience and taste something divine in it. Yes, you know, divine is a great some, word. Yeah, something that is out of this world in the in the moments of meeting that we can have with one another that it's it's more than just two bodies it's two souls you know and it's and don't we have absolutely and don't we have moments where we see that that's kind of where we long to get back to it and that's what makes Mm -hmm. couples kind of ooh, i want that again you know how do we recreate that and but but what's interesting is to reach those levels there is an element of out of controlness because you realize I am not the end all be all of my life. You know, I'm not the mm-hmm. center of the universe. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that's humbling. Sometimes that's scary. Sometimes that's, uh oh, what else is going on? And I have to re- relinquish control to somebody else and see what happens. And I can envision that it's not just a fear of letting go of control to experience an orgasm. It's also letting go the fear of letting go of control to create the orgasm. Yeah. Because I think that there are some people who are so extreme on the control scale that they they want their spouse to come when they want them to come, how they want them to come. And it's like and it just doesn't work that way. This is not a, a candy machine where you insert your quarter and out comes an orgasm. That you you have to be in tune with your spouse. Well, yeah, you well, have to watch for cues. You have to pick up signals. You, you, it's it's not a controlled environment. Well, it can be. I mean, we're still we're still Pavlovian in nature, <laughs> by humans. If you go just <laughs> basic stuff, we can be trained, you know, to drool when we hear, hear a bell. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah. But this to get that that's that's functional sex though. That's what we're talking about here. That and and that's where I hope my listeners are our, our, our listeners. I'm sorry, I just kind of I get everything. It. Okay, I hope our listeners catch that that sexy marriage radio is not about just functional level sex. We I want you to obtain that. I, I we do. I, I think that's kind of that. Hey, I know there's a lot of dysfunctional sex lives out there. Well, you have but, to get to functional before you can ever reach the threshold we're talking about right. here. But I want people to experience this is the schnarch phrase of he he puts them in the category of the blessed few. That mm-hmm. that those are the ones that are so moved during the experience they just recognize what it is. You know, right. they just recognize, whoa, there is so much more at play here than just you and I. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much more at play here than just two bodies, you know, and it's just kind of right. you see the the elements that make it all up and you can't uh, you could not possibly control it. But what you've learned is you can handle yourself in the midst of that out of controlness that you experience more. I think that what you just described could best be summed up as you get that little foretaste of heaven. Yep where you literally feel as if the portals of heaven just opened up just enough for you to have a glimpse of what it's going to be like not to have any 
pain or sickness or sadness or death or disease if you just you lost any focus on anything negative and it just felt so good that it transported you to a very different place in time for even just a few seconds it's awesome yeah so the person who is wrestling with the fear of letting go here's the key question i think that they need to write down and discuss with their therapist okay when do you remember feeling out of control before in your life okay because for example a kid who watches their parents bicker and fuss and fight to the point that they go through a divorce or maybe they've witnessed one spouse hit the other spouse you know like they and they witnessed that as a child they felt out of control yep. so the conversations that we're having about being out of control can be really scary to a person who gets triggered by experiences in their childhood where they felt out of control and they probably made a vow to themselves i will never be this out of control again yeah that that's what it all boils down to. I remember a coaching client, he lost his grandfather and long story short, he just felt really, really out of control. And he made a, a, a an unconscious pledge to himself that he recognized at 30 years old that, that at 11 years old, the pledge he made was I will never get close to another human, another human being like this again, because I'm never going to hurt this bad if yep. they die. Yep. And so he literally had just lived his life behind a hedge of protection. Yep. But that manifested itself in a marriage. Yep. You know, like you have to look at those secret vows that you made to yourself out of fear and out of feeling out of control. See, and that, that's what I love, Shannon, is because you come at it from that perspective and I'm going to come at it from, tell me about the times in your married life right now that you feel out of control. Mm. And then I'm going to, and the hopes is they're going to make the correlation of what you're talking about. Yeah. In real time. Yeah. So it's, it, it, to me, it does not matter which way you go. Just go. <laughs> you can approach it from a million different Absolutely. angles. So you're saying that you're saying that somebody who feels out of control with money or parenting or the household or their weight or whatever, it can often manifest itself as trying to be in control sure. sexually. Sure. Or I anything. Yeah, anything. Yeah. So here's another question I want listeners to ask. I know that we need to wrap up. I, I knew that we would go deep into this topic. Yeah. Uh, who who is it gonna hurt if you lose control? Versus who is it going to help? Like, could okay. it actually help your marriage and family if you were willing to try to practice getting out of control sexually in the confines and safety of your marriage bed? It's like a child who feels the freedom to play because there's a fence around the play yard, right. you know? And then finally, what would it say to your spouse if you were to trust them completely and let yourself be as out of control as, as you can be? Okay. I think that every spouse wants to feel like, wow, you just shared something with me that I know you would never share with anybody else in a million years. Yeah. I, you must really trust me. That feels really good. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not just a matter of what you can get. It's also a matter of what you can give. Right. And so can you also flip that to the other spouse of how can I portray to my partner that they can be out of control with me and be safe and be and, and feel trust that I, I I will trust that with them. Yeah. I think it's, it's kind of a both and at times. Yeah. It's, it's never either or it's right. always both. And cause it, I, it, I don't know all so of this. Much. Yeah. All of this boils down to, to me, I, I frame it that those that can't control themselves will seek to control everything around them. Mm-hmm. And I think how often do we do that in various facets of our life that, you know, we're constantly okay. looking to control things. Because I don't feel controlled on that section, or I don't want to, you know, and so it's just, hold on. What do I really control in this situation? 
you know, do do I even need to <laughs> control it? And maybe controlling yourself instead of your environment or other people, maybe controlling yourself means knowing when it's safe to let go of control. And okay. I think that the marriage bed is the prime place for that. It's a definite way to dip your toes into the deep end of, mm-hmm. of what could be mm-hmm. and, and see, you know, just to, and, and that's what I hope couples catch from this show is that this is a process. This isn't about you just going to dive right in. You know, sometimes that's foolishness. You know, but yeah. So it's it's recognizing. Okay, I can lean into this and be okay. Yeah. Wow. This is a great discussion. I like it. This has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. So yeah, we love you for listening. Absolutely. Anything that we missed? Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'd love to hear what you think. We'll see you next time. God bless.